Welcome to American Riviera Bank's Regional Pulse. My name is Jason Wilson, and today we're going to be talking about small business. I have the pleasure to be sitting with the president, the CEO of Soul Wave Water, a local business in Santa Barbara, Steve Nipper. Welcome, Steve. Well, thank you, Jason. It's great to be here with you today. Thanks for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, you know, I, Steve, you've, you've been uh, made an impact in this community. And, and first off, I'd love for you to tell the, the crowd just uh, what Soul Wave Water is about and uh, give us a little color. Sure, sure. Uh, Soul Wave Water is a water conditioning and bottled water company. So technically, we are a C36 contractor and we install, sell, rent, and service water softeners filtration units, uh, reverse osmosis drinking water systems, bottled water delivery. We also have uh, about 15 vending machines in the community. So we're really able to service our entire community, their water needs, whether it's someone who can afford 30 cents for a gallon of water and that really makes a difference in their life, they can go up to one of our vending machines. They're doing a little better in life and they want the convenience of bottled water delivery, well, we can deliver five gallon bottles for them. If we're looking at redoing their home or their business because they have some specialty needs, well, we can bring the equipment in to take care of those needs. And we don't have any limitations on the services within the water industry that we offer. Very nice, very nice. And, and now, um, can you talk a, bit, a little bit about how you started and when you started? I know, you know you've been making an impact around this town and I see you at all these <laughs> events, and, and, uh, but it wasn't, to, you know, it wasn't that long ago that you started this business, and I'd love to hear a little history on, on uh, you know, what, you, what steps you took to start your business yeah. and important things you put in place prior to its launch. Yeah. Well, I started Soul Wave Water seven and a half years ago. Uh, that was 21 years into my career in the water conditioning business. So I originally got into water conditioning in 1992. I was hired by one of the national chains to be the general manager for their local branch and did that for 11 years. I rebranded that company for the owner. So I had a lot of experience, you know, 21 years of experience in the industry mm -hmm. at an executive level at, and took that information when it was time to create my own company and that was Soul Wave Water. So I brought a lot of previous experience and understanding customers, understanding the intricacies of water for Santa Barbara. You know, we have very unique water here that most of the country doesn't have. Mm. Can you expand on that? That's interesting. <laughs> of like, course, yeah. Like, why is it different here in Santa well, Barbara? Well, the, the main way that it shows up for people is that the water here is very, very hard. Okay. So most of the country doesn't have hard water like we have here. Now, that hard water shows up in a couple different ways. It's the stiffness of laundry, it's the shower doors that get foggy, it's the dish machines that either use too much soap or the f dishes come out foggy. It also doesn't taste very good. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our new clients are transplants, people moving to Santa Barbara, and they get here and they say, oh my God, this water is horrible. How quickly can you get something set up for me? Mm -hmm. Now you contrast to that someone who's grown up here who maybe grew up with hard water, they don't know any different. Well, sometimes they're the hardest conversion to get. They think, oh, all water's the same, but in fact, it's not. Hmm. Interesting, interesting. Now, um, 
what other steps did you take to get this business running uh, to 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 grow your business now? Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to hear some of the things that our viewers can think about when they're potentially starting a new business and um, yeah. One of the things that when I started Soul Wave Water is I fortunately for me, I had a lot of years of experience within the industry that I was starting a business in. And you know, a lot of that gave me a lot of the pitfalls to watch out for, you know, what to be on the lookout for, what are the, what are the vulnerabilities that I have. Um, understanding what it's going to take to start a business I think is really important to look at what the future, what are you trying to create for yourself? What kind of business are you in the process of creating? Are you looking to start a one or two person business? Mm -hmm. Are you looking to start with one or two people and you're planning to grow it into a hundred employees? Mm -hmm. What is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish with the business that you're looking to start? And for me, I've, I've done that. and identified what's the next step, what, what step am I creating right now so that I can get to the next step in my whole plan. And having that plan I think is really critical. So, I know, so it kind of sounds like you developed a business plan and, and you understood what was needed maybe from a capital perspective to grow mm -hmm. your business into where you wanted it to go to the next level. Very much so. Yeah. And, and having that business plan, you know, when I first had the inception of Soul Wave Water, um, within the first six months, I, it became evident, part of it was talking with you, mm -hmm. about the importance of what was my five-year plan strategically. Okay. So that I could start building out a budget so that when my plan was to not grow a one or two employee company. You know, I, my, my plan is to grow this company to probably 25 employees. Right now we're at nine. Okay. Um, and I knew that from, from day one. I knew I wasn't just trying to create a job for myself, but I was actually trying to create a company where I can not only do well for the community and for our clients, but hire people in the community, mm -hmm. grow the community, grow employment, be a service. So, you know, sitting down with you, but then going back home, you, know, you kind of gave me that outline, but going back home and really putting the time into, you know, at what stage do I need to buy the next computer terminal? Mm -hmm. When do I need to buy another desk? Mm -hmm. How much does that add to the phone bill? Mm -hmm. How much does that add to payroll? How much does that add to labor? How much does that add to insurance? Because all of that has to be built into the business plan so that you know how many where you need to grow. You so, so it sounds like you had a, a really good handle on costs and you and you you took the time that many clients that I see that have problems with growth because mm -hmm. there's a lot of times you know I I'm I'm with clients that actually grow themselves out of business mm -hmm. and they get these big contracts and they immediately take the contracts but they realize they don't have the infrastructure yeah. or ability to service the contract. And so, you know, how does patience play in your market, <laughs> in your 
um, determining whether or not to enter into a new yeah. market. Uh, well, you know, talk to that. Yeah, be, being patient is actually probably my topic number one. It is, I think, the, this one of the single most important things. Being patient and also decisively knowing when to take action and balancing those two. Um, one, of the, you know, one of the things I've, I've learned is that it's also critical to listen to customers. Really listen to customers and also really understand how it is that you're, what it is that you're delivering to them, how it is that you're affecting their life, why is it that they want to hire you. Mm-hmm. Now in our industry, a lot of what we do is, a, is equipment related. Mm-hmm. You know, we are bringing in equipment or services to treat the water to make it better for that client's needs. And different clients have different needs. There's no just one system that is doohickey X that fixes it for everyone. Mm-hmm. So listening to customers on what their expectation is, but also taking that back and then my manufacturers or my distributors I, I buy from or the products I use, mm-hmm. challenging them. One of the big things I learned when I worked for the national chain was never trust the sales rep who's coming in to sell you the new version of something that fixes a problem that they had. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that I learned a long time ago. So before I'll sell a product or implement a product or deploy a product to a customer's location, I've already received the product and I've already done a test run either at my own home or a family member or a guinea pig friend. It's like. I've got this, it's supposed to be the best thing since sliced bread. I want to put it in your home and see if it works. So product knowledge. Product knowledge is key. And, is key. and also reliability. Right. You know, in, in my line of work specifically, it's a bad thing when water goes where it's not supposed to. Right. And you don't know how to answer the question the client calls you up to ask. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Why is it all of a sudden sounding like a rocket ship? That's exactly <laughs> yeah. right. Why is the drinking water system howling like a wolf? Yeah. Yeah. Customers want to know. Common water questions. (laughs) So, um, yeah, let me actually let me actually continue on that. In addition to really understanding what it is that my clients want, I think you you touched on this. It's knowing when I need to take action, knowing when I need to wait, and as I've grown, also finding and hiring and training the best people for the job. And employees. employees and coworkers. I mean, I anyone at my office will hopefully tell you that I'm their coworker. Right on. And that what we do is we're a team. We build on each other. We look to bring new people in who who fill a specific need that we have, or who bring in skill sets that add to the whole. We really approach it as as a wheel. And if if we're missing a spoke. It goes clunk when it turns around, mm-hmm. and we all, you know, understand it. We all specialize in a certain part of the company, but we all as respect each other. We understand that if no one's there to post paperwork at the end of the day or to post the money as it comes in, well, we can all go work as hard as we want, but it's to no avail. Mm-hmm. We can sell all the product that we want, but if we don't have a service technician or an installer to put it in perfectly. Mm-hmm doesn't matter that we made a big sale or took a big contract. Mm-hmm. So you know, really understanding who you're looking to bring in at each step of growth is really important. Knowing when to delegate and when to take parts off your own plate 
you know, so that so that whoever's got too much on their plate, you're freeing up the correct spot off their plate. Well, I j I I'd love to to just reiterate how the lack of pride in a successful business really turns into a relationship that's hand in hand with the CEO and the and the the low level employee. I mean, it sounds like working together, creating a team atmosphere has led to cross-training in certain ways, oh, has absolutely. led to efficiencies, has brought in the best of what you can potentially yeah. be. You know, I, I understand that there are, well, no, I don't understand that. I, I have heard that there are business models where you come in with huge funding and you just hire people who are better in their field than you are, mm -hmm. and you've just gone out and you've headhunted the best out. Mm -hmm. And I can I see the logic in that for a well-funded company who's got a huge budget. Mm -hmm. um, for my kind of business and for, I would say, a smaller local business, it's really, it, I've found it critical that I know every aspect of the company. That if, if my delivery guy or gal, for whatever reason, calls in sick, has sick kids, has a family emergency, I can go out and run that route. Mm -hmm. I know what it means to deliver a half a pallet of salt. And on the other side though, when you do have that person who's been trained, are you trusting in them to do their job so you can focus on Absolutely. the next big thing? Absolutely. Very nice. No, we, they understand it's their responsibility to do it day in and day out. Mm -hmm. Because they're doing what they do, I can focus on the other parts of the company. The installers can focus on their parts of the company. And as a whole, we grow. Mm -hmm. Everyone in the company understands that if they're out, someone else is covering their job, which is fine. Mm -hmm. We're happy to do that. Mm -hmm. But it means that we're not growing and we're not taking care of the people that we said we were going to. And we're now having to make accommodations for that. And that's part of it. Yeah. You're, you're, it's never going to be accommodation free. Yeah. Yep. Um, but to minimize it and have people take it seriously, and that's everyone in the company. There's no delineation of uh, more important or less important. Right on, right yeah. on. Well, Steve, I'd, I'd love to talk a little bit about how you branded Soul Wave Water because I'm looking at commercials, <laughs> I'm seeing Soul Wave basically take over the town. From a from a water need perspective, I mean, yeah. and and I think you're effective. I'm a little biased because I'm your banker, <laughs> but I go. think you're effective. So could you speak to just how you did that and your strategy and and uh, how it's working out? Yeah, the 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 name was a little bit of an accident. Okay. You know, when when I first started Soul Wave Water, I had also simultaneously because I didn't have enough to do. Okay started a solar company doing solar energy, okay. solar electricity, Soul Wave Solar, and then so that it would be easy for customers to remember, Soul Wave Water. The solar energy was very enjoyable, but it wasn't my passion. And I saw that there was a certain point that I couldn't do both, and my passion is water. I love, I love the industry that I'm in, I, I know it well, and so I, Shut down Soul Wave Solar. So the name Soul Wave Water maybe is not the best name if I was in retrospect to pick for a water conditioning company. Okay, okay. But we stuck with it. Yeah. And it's a fun name. 
we've, as you've noticed, we've gotten good exposure. It's, it's a well-known brand in town now. Sure. Yeah, sure. Um, and we've done that through a cup through several different avenues. One was I'm hugely involved with the community. Okay. That I say would be number one. Okay. If there's a nonprofit who's having an event, um, and they need water for their event, they can come to us and we'll donate it. Right if it on. has to do with youth, animals, health, or you know fighting illness, mm -hmm. or the elderly, mm -hmm. um, basically no questions asked. How much product do you want? When do you want it? And can we help you make money at your auction? And we donate all that. That's wonderful. We've done that since day one. And so being part of the community, hands-on, face-to-face with people, and, and, not, and doing it, not having an expectation that, oh, I'm going to go to this event and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make five contacts and have those five contacts, I'll close three deals, and if I go to this one, then I'm going to make this much money. Mm -hmm. It's not that at all. I don't even collect cards when I go. Yeah. But I go there to take care of people. Yeah. Fortunately, I have a product that there's 100% need. Yeah. There's no human beings who don't need water. Yep. So I'm a little bit blessed in that, that I can go to an event, I can help them defray the costs, we donate the product, people enjoy the product, it's good. We have a very good product, it's not like we've got second-rate water. Mm -hmm. So we, we meet people and they see us and they respect the fact that we help our community. The trucks are, have been huge in branding as we've grown the fleet. Okay. When I started Soul Wave, um, I had one big pickup truck. Okay. And it didn't get good enough gas mileage. And in those early days, I wanted to be as efficient as possible. Sure. I needed to keep my costs down. Right. This route management for route for, management, yeah. everything management. So, yep. so I bought a little Scion that got amazing gas mileage. Put the stickers on the Scion, and every day I'd get up and I'd say, "Okay, can I do all the jobs I need to do out of the Scion today?" and get 30 miles to the gallon, okay. or do I have to take the truck because I have that much product to do? Right. Well, in either case, it was a well-branded vehicle. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Very nice. Um, as far as recommendations for people starting their business, if they could come away from this podcast with two top recommendations from you, what would, what would they be and why? There'd be three. Okay. And then maybe after that, Jason, could we, could we talk a little about some of the struggles of starting a new company? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, if yeah, I had... If you want to talk about that first, let's, let's, let's go down that road. Yeah, know, let's right? do. Let's kind okay. of tie into okay. what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I did for the first... You asked me about the startup of a company. Yeah. So for the first seven months, um, it was a combination of working out of the, the guest room at home. Okay. I converted that into an office. And then I got my dad to loan me half of the space in his garage downtown. Okay. And... So for the first six months, I was the sales and marketing, okay. the bookkeeper, okay. the salesman, okay. the installer, and the delivery guy. Um, 
So you're saying it's not quite an easy road to start this. Not quite business. an easy road would be it. Yeah. You actually probably got to work a little. A lot. When it's all said and done. Okay. Well, you know, I think I think it's really important to look at what you have that's available. Okay. And if what you have is a silver spoon or you have the good blessing of having several commas in your bank account. Okay. And you're well funded and well capitalized, well, yeah, you can grow a different you can grow differently. Right. I didn't have that. Okay. And so I for me it was sweat equity. Sweat equity. From day one. And that meant doing everything myself. That meant knowing every facet of the company inside and out. So at the end of six months through strenuous sweat equity, I had built the company big enough that I could no longer operate out of half my dad's garage and my guest room. Mm -hmm. I had outgrown, I couldn't, I couldn't hold enough product. I was selling and installing faster than I could hold in the garage. And so I found a building downtown that was the perfect setup. It again helped with the branding because it was a very prominent corner. Mm -hmm. um, I'd been in business now for seven months and could show. You know, my P&L looked pretty good mm -hmm. for only being in business for seven months. I was, uh, I had been doing business with one of the big banks here in town, one of the big national ones. I had a, a really good relationship with them. I'd done some other commercial financing. They were my first go-to. Mm -hmm. I went to them. I, they were there. There's my where my relationship was. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, Mr. Nipper, we can take care of you. We can do that for you. Ten weeks I wasted with them for them to come back. And this was a critical time. I'd identified the property I wanted to buy. Mm -hmm. I put an offer in on it. My offer was accepted. I even started renting the parking lot so I could do little uh, promo events in the parking lot at the location. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, the bank gives me the green light for 10 weeks. We're getting closer to closing and they come back to me and say, oh, well, you don't have three years tax returns. I said, well, no, I, I started the company six months ago, seven months ago, you know that. Yeah. Oh, well, you have to have three, three years tax returns. I said, well, why didn't you tell me that 10 weeks ago when I brought you the deal? Right. Oh, I guess we should have, shouldn't we? Hmm. Yeah. Um, so for me, you know, having a local relationship with a local bank really was the pivotal step in the long-term success of the company. Because mm -hmm. if, if that hadn't happened, then we wouldn't be where we are today. So mm -hmm. that, I just wanted to touch on that yeah. as part of the startup that we yeah. had done. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for yeah. sharing. Yep. So not only knowing your business, mm -hmm hopefully just as good as you because that enables me to know where you want to go you know another big thing about community banking is the fact that we know our market we know that property right around the block that you bought mm -hmm. you know and we know the breadth and and the people that make those decisions live right in this county right in this community right in santa barbara those decisions can happen quickly they can be effective, and they can meet your closing and your timelines. And that's what I love about the community banking experience. Oh yeah, it, it is. It is. It is. It's you know to as a business owner, it's it's so imperative that my clients are dealt with with integrity. You know, and yours is the money side of it. Yours is the money side of it, and that, that we, 
that we all are respectful, we're all honest, and we're all sincere in everything that we do. Um, you had asked me about two recommendations for people starting a business, and I actually have yeah. three. Okay, right on. Um, I would say know how you're going to improve the industry that you want to start your business in. What are you going to bring to the community or to the world that it wants or that it needs? How are you going to address that? The second, I would say, is hire the best people to address your weakness or to allow you to focus on what it is that you need to do within the company. And then the third thing is plan to put in twice as much time and 75% more expense than you first think. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was for the first four and a half years, Jason, yeah. that, you know, I would work. My normal work routine was long days, you know, 10, 12 hours a day, sometimes 14. The part I wasn't expecting was 27 consecutive days and then take a Sunday off. Mm. And then 27 consecutive days and then take a day off. And then, and that went on for about four and a half years. Now I will say, now being on the other side of that, with nine people on board, it was the most enjoyable time and I don't regret any of it. It was what had to be done in the moment to start a company from zero. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you'd asked me day one, I would have suspected far fewer hours. Right. You just got to be all in. I mean, you got to be dedicated, sweat equity, you covered that. Mm -hmm. And you got to have a big plan in place to know where you want to go and how soon you want to get there. Yeah, and the never give up spirit because you you're, you're, spirit. you're going to be hit with the unexpected and you need to expect it. So what is your contingency plan for the contract didn't pay on time. Yeah. The manufacturer had a defect. That defect is going to take you this many hours to correct, this much time to correct, this much money to correct, and none of it's on the customer's dole. Mm -hmm. so, you, so it's important to just assess the risks ongoingly. Ongoingly, you know, all the time. To make sure you're one step above the potential yeah. of what you don't expect. That's right. Right on. Yeah. Well, I appreciate, you know, you being on this podcast. Uh, thank you so much. Steve Nipper, Soul Wave Water, just making a difference to the Santa Barbara community, not just with water, but with an integrity, his integrity and his know-how to make this Santa Barbara community we live in a better place. Thank you, Steve. Jason, it's been my pleasure, and I look forward to coming back soon.